Welcome to the Dare to Move podcast. I'm your host, Garrett Wood, and this is a high energy show. This season, season three, we're talking all things team, collaboration, and how to take aligned action after the stillness work. Tune in for passionate conversations from trailblazers and innovators, my own personal coaching insights, and honestly, who knows? Because this show is where anything goes. It's unscripted and all for you. I am interrupting this episode to give you the lowdown on a couple things going on in my world outside of podcasting. So as you know, the Dare to Eat 2.0 Life Coaching for Food program is live. You can access this program in the link in the show notes or on my website if you go to Mindset Coaching and click on Programs. Now, you can do this course on your own over an eight-week period, or to be honest, take as long as you need. If you're looking for a group guided version, so you have a group of motivated, amazing people to come together and share in the journey with, that group has been pushed back to February 1st. Why? Because December was crazy. Closing out a year in a global pandemic, and I got a lot of feedback from you guys that it would be awesome if it could be pushed back to February 1st. So right now, you can access the program online to do on your own, or you can let me know if you'd like to join the group. Finally, I have three spots left in my executive coaching roster until I give birth to this baby. And I am going to most likely be filling those spots up quickly. So let me know if you are interested in booking a free clarity session with me in order to experience what coaching is like before you make a decision. Again, I am offering three spots that may be filled by the time you hear this, but if not, please do check out with me to see if executive coaching or mindset coaching is the best way for you to fulfill on all of your 2021 visions. All right, back to the show. What's up, everybody? I am back. I'm actually in my home office, which is exciting. First recording of 2021. The other recordings I did, gosh, earlier this year, so Body and Food Sovereignty and Career Sovereignty came um, from my grandmother's house. (laughs) So uh, my sound was not perfect, and I must admit that the episode we recently did, the only interview yet of 2021 with Fran Gallagher, which, by the way, I loved. I've been getting some great feedback on. She's the intuitive life coach that um, actually, although she's like, you know, blatantly like, yeah, I am a psychic. I just try not to call myself that. She worked with Fortune 500 companies. It was a really interesting interview, but it was the first one I had actually linked my microphone to Zoom because um, when I first started using Zoom in the pandemic, my quality was so good. And I was like, I don't need my mic. Like, I sound better than my guests, blah, blah, blah. Then I started realizing my quality sounded awful and my guests sounded better than I did. So I'm like, okay, I I have a really nice microphone. I just need to learn how to set it up. So then I set it up, but it just didn't sound very good. So I apologize. The quality was pretty bad on that one. But um, do check it. I mean, it's not awful. I'm just being picky. But um, 
please do go listen to that if you have any interest in learning about how we all, you know, I say potentially because I don't want to push you to believe anything, but I believe it. Um, we all have the power uh, and capability to be clairvoyant, clairsentient, clairaudient, all of those things. And she just talks about how she uh, never lost those skills, but a lot of us um, had them and lost them because they weren't cultivated. So anyway, really interesting interview. Today, what we're going to do is go through, um, as the title says, <laughs> money shadow. And we're going to start by just kind of talking about shadow in general. I have never done uh, an episode just on shadow. So that will come, but sometimes it's easier to go through various silos of, of life um, or one of the seven areas of life first with shadow versus just kind of talking about all of it. So not only will we move the needle in understanding shadow better today, but really looking at how it is affecting you um, with your relationship with money and what that looks like. So could I have called this wealth consciousness number eight? I think it would be number eight. Um, yes, but I also know there's a lot of new listeners. So first and foremost, welcome. My name is Garrett. As the <laughs> intro said, I'm initially from Indianapolis, Indiana, and I now live in New Hampshire, which feels crazy to say because I just six years later, got used to saying that I live in Boston. I'd be like, well, I live in Boston now, but I'm actually like from Chicago, but then actually from Indiana. And I love Colorado. Like I so did not resonate with Boston. And then the second I did, we moved. So I'm still very close to Boston, but this podcast started as a way for me to network, to leverage my network and to help. Um, I didn't know all the ways I could help, but I had been quote unquote, a content creator since 2000. Well, feels like 2013, but officially launched my business and blog in 2014. I would write two to call it, I don't know, sometimes five articles or blogs, whatever you want to call them a week for my website. And so I really used content to create my business and market myself. And now, um, it kind of shifted after I wrote and published, self-published my book, Dare to Move, which if you haven't read it, you might enjoy it. It's a really easy, fun read. Um, after that, I was like, I'm kind of tired of writing. <laughs> I don't want to do that. So I took like a break from a lot of content creation. I probably did like a fourth or a fifth of as many blogs in 2018 as um, I used to. And at the end of 2018, I started this podcast. And I was like, I know too many awesome people in my network that I just, I, I have to have these conversations. And so I did. And by the end of 20, and sorry for the OG listeners, like fast forward probably to like six minutes. <laughs> but um, I like, I, I feel important. Feel, I feel called to tell the story. Um, so at the end of 2018, we launched. 2019 was very much like, who are the most uh, cool, uh, I, I wasn't totally in my ego, but let's just say I was in my ego. Like, who are the cool, awesome people I know doing epic things? And whether that was friends and then friends of friends and then some friends sent me, like five friends, like Sam Morgan sending me, you know, the executive producer of 30 Rock and uh, Aaron Lowry, New York Times bestselling author, all these things just kind of, it all just kind of flowed. But by the end is when I realized I need to wake up because I do not love one of the jobs I'm doing. And again, if you're an OG listener, you know, I talk about the portfolio lifestyle, which I still live, but it's very much more streamlined because when I started this podcast, I had published a book, I identified as an author, I owned and operated Crossroads of Fitness, which is a coaching business. Uh, I 
worked for Barry's Bootcamp teaching anywhere from two to sometimes seven classes a week. I might have still had one more, one personal training client. I was um, doing real estate development or real estate brokerage rather uh, and working really intensely in the restaurant and entertainment world. And I was doing audio fitness recording for Move With. It was a lot. And I kept feeling like nothing was totally clicking and I felt blocked. And we're going to talk about blocks today, which is why I bring this up. And so it wasn't until the end of 2019 when I was like, I am quitting this job. And I hate the word quitting, but now it feels really magnetic. Um, But at the time I was like, I hate this word. I don't really want to say that, but that's what I'm doing. I'm leaving this. And it was honestly looking back a very psychic thing that I did because what happened to all of the clients I was working for, I'm not positive, but I know it didn't end well (laughs) because they were coffee shops and restaurants that can't really operate right now. And then very big entertainment projects that, you know, are on pause. So had that been my only thing and, or I would have given up everything I truly loved to do what on paper logically made the most money I would have had an awful 2020 or had a 2020 full of picking up a lot of pieces that, um, I don't know, would have, I guess, fallen apart. So I chose what made my heart happy. I chose finding myself, helping others, learning how to make the shift from kind of like quasi mindset coaching people who would let me to identifying as a mindset coach and, and pivoting into the executive sphere and not just I coach anybody and everybody who wants to change their body because I learned that it's really not an outside in job, it's an inside out job. And so you saw through 2020 the shift in content. First and foremost, our theme was stillness. Stillness is about going within, understanding who we really are, what we're really thinking, feeling, and understanding about ourselves because that changes how we move through the world. And so as we explored stillness, now we're moving into team and collaboration and big ideas. And I shared with you over the last two solo casts, I also want to include the word trust because trust is another really big part of how we're going to do that. But through a couple of my own downloads and some of my favorite astrologers and, and different teachers I have What's really come up is that stillness is not over, which obviously I know that, you know that because I've said that, but I want to reiterate that work is not over. I think the beginning of this year is going to feel remarkably slower than we want it to. And everything we learned from 2020, like I've said before, is not like, oh, well, now we don't just do stillness. Now it's like time to take action. No, (laughs) we still have to do the stillness work as a part of how we are being So in the vein of stillness today, we're going to be looking at money shadow. So if you're new here now and you've never listened to a wealth consciousness, usually I would say go back and listen to wealth consciousness. Number one, like the original just I think is called wealth consciousness Uh, and then two and then three. But today I'm just going to say start here. There's a reason you're here. And after this one, go back and listen to the others because today I'm going to reiterate a lot from the maybe the first two. I don't really remember what those were said, but it just, I feel called to do a little review. And then again, we're going to look at it from the shadow. And in order to talk about the shadow, if you have listened to all those wealth consciousness, don't turn this off. It's actually just going to land really well for you because you've been doing the work. So we're going to talk about money shadow. And it's interesting because I faced mine 
uh, very recently. If you follow me on Instagram, you might remember this. So I'll be sharing that. Um, so before I get started here, what is a shadow? So the shadow is part of ourself that we deny. <laughs> it's something that we really just don't believe is true about ourselves. Maybe something we know, maybe we are a little more conscious of it. We, we know it's true, but we pretend it's not. Um, if you listen to the episode called What Are Triggers? Um, I'll link it in the show notes. We talk a lot about shadow in that. So that would be a good one for you to, to listen to if you like this one as well. In a more broad sense, not around money. But the easy one to, <laughs> this is going to sound silly, but a, an easy one to think of is red hair. So let's say you were born with red hair and then the second you could box dye it, I don't know, in fifth grade or something, and you dye your hair blonde, you're like, I'm never looking back. I'm never going to acknowledge or remember that I'm red hair, that I have red hair. The example that I gave is um, in that episode, I believe, was when you see someone with red hair, you get triggered. Either you don't like them, you react to the way they say things um, a lot more strongly than if someone else said the same thing. Uh, maybe you don't like redheaded movie stars. I don't know, but it's because something in your external world is showing up to remind you about something in your internal world that you rejected or repressed about yourself. Now, you could literally be listening to this right now and be saying, oh my God, that's me. I have red hair. But most likely you're thinking that's a really silly example because it is. A lot of this is deeper. So uh, the deeper example might be something like you um, cheated on a partner and you repressed that. And now you really can't watch movies where there's adultery or cheating or something because you haven't even told your current husband or wife. You don't want to admit that to yourself. You haven't made peace with this thing about yourself. And a lot of times those things have stories attached to them. It's sort of like if we pull up a plant, there's all these different roots. You know, if we pull out your shadow, there's roots in like probably three or four stories because <clears throat> as we also know from the episode I did on limiting beliefs, from age zero to seven, certain things happen that tell us, okay, well, this is how we should move through the world. And then as we do that, whatever experiences we have, it's like we're seeing them through green colored glasses or blue colored glasses that we got by, we had created by the age seven. So I know I sound kind of out there right now, so I'm going to ground this with an example. But let's say that um, I, you know, and I've shared the story a million times, so sorry for the, you know, non-creative story. But um, I say, I remind everyone that my dad left when I was five to go to Korea for the Air Force. And a five-year-old girl being like, why doesn't my dad live with me? Why can't I see him? Why can't I go? Obviously interpreting that my parents weren't getting along very well at the time, but also my mom didn't want us to have to live in Korea in like an apartment with a bunch of military guys. Anyway, I decided in that moment, people you love will leave, right? Something along those lines, or I'm not good enough for my dad to stay around, or my dad's choosing work over me, right? So those were the glasses that were developed so now between, let's call it end of kindergarten, age six through, let's call it age 13, if my dad's late, it's like, my dad doesn't love me enough to show up. My dad likes work more. It's just getting ingrained and adding another story to prove it. Because once our brain thinks something, it wants all the evidence to prove it, to remind it that it's true. So if we thought that the earth was flat, 
we would be constantly looking for reasons to prove that as we move through the world. So I'm going to going on a tangent here. But my point is with the shadow, and this is where we're going to circle kind of back to money here, there are a lot of stories that come, as we know, with our money relationship. And those stories are often part of our shadow self. And so what I discovered, well, more like remembered, um, very, very recently was something about one of my money stories that I hadn't made peace with. Sorry, I'm adjusting my, <laughs> myself in my chair. Okay, so before I get to stories, I just, I'm looking across my office and I'm seeing shadow values on a whiteboard and it's glaring at me. So I feel like I should cover that really quickly. Um, so shadow, this should just be an episode called shadow, but I'm going to call it money shadow. Um, shadow typically has a voice and shadow also keeps us safe. Shadow keeps us safe from judgment. It protects us. Our ego and our shadow are intimately intertwined. You know this from the proving episode. We talk a lot about that on that one. And what I discovered, and I guess this does tie into story, is that my shadow is embarrassment. <laughs> I literally have named my shadow embarrassment. Hey, embarrassment, like, hey. You're chiming in right now to tell me I should be embarrassed about something because if I felt embarrassed, then I wouldn't do things that would make me get attention and then I would be safer from rejection or judgment or things like that. So inside all of us, all of our stories combined create this sort of alter ego that comes from our ego about how we think things should be based on what we learn from ages zero to six and then it transforms into this kind of inner, some people call it the inner mean girl voice. Some people call it, you know, just their shadow voice, their inner critic. That voice is the one chiming in that's like, you suck, you're not good enough, or you can't wear that that suit. You don't, you're not buff enough, or you're not thin enough to wear that dress or whatever. The, that's the shadow voice. It's not you. And the shadow voice is there to keep you safe because it is working off of these collective and societal norms that you observed as a child so that you feel you fit in wherever you go, okay? So again, it comes from a place of love and protection for you, but it's often a super mean voice because what do we listen to? Someone barking orders at us, right? And so, and I think it was Danielle Gertner who was on this podcast in 2019 who said it best. She's like, I treat my shadow, who I call Gertrude, like a coworker, and like I've tried to avoid that coworker in the co-working space all the time. I'll give them a wave of acknowledgement and they'll move on my merry way. Why? Because I don't want to deal with them because it's not true. It's not true at all. So we've covered what is a shadow. It comes from our limiting beliefs. It comes from our ego. It's entwined and carries a bunch of different stories about our life that proves that so it thinks that it is important and that it has a, a purpose in your life. And then here's the other thing. We have values as humans. And we haven't done an episode on values, although I've talked about it a bunch. And we also have shadow values. So I'm going to give you a quick overview here. And I'm going to try not to do this over an hour. We're getting to money, but I promise all of this is setting us up for money. So values are not integrity, loyalty, trust, and I don't know, honesty. Values are things you spend your time, money, energy, and thoughts and words on. So my values 
are fitness, wellness, and partnership. Now, by the way, it's about to change. Partnership will probably turn into family because your values can't change. But, and this is going to be a side note for an upcoming episode, so get excited, but I am doing a, or I should say an episode on how to have your basically blueprint for your business, which is creating or creating from who you're being, which comes from your values and your shadow values. So this part of this will get regurgitated in that episode. But anyway, if we know our, our values are from a lot of times our voids um, and a lot of times just we can uh, grasp at them for what, how we spend our time, money, and energy, we also have shadow values. And these shadow values are seven things that are just normal about the human experience. So control, attention, money, validation, superiority, sex, and belonging. Those are called shadow values. And I'm totally forgetting, it might have been Ben Harvey, totally forgetting the teacher who coined the term. But these are basic values. Every human deserves, loves, wants, needs attention. Every human deserves, wants, loves, needs money, validation, superiority, control, sex, and belonging. It's just a part of being human. It's not bad to want control. It's not bad to want superiority. It's just that in our culture, in our current zeitgeist, I don't know about you, but some people grow up saying, well, don't seek validation. Don't be an egomaniac or don't be needy. Don't feel like you don't belong. Of course you belong. You know, don't play the black sheep card or um, don't talk about sex. That's taboo. And so you either had people saying stuff like that to you or you just lived in a household or a neighborhood or a community that did not embrace sex or money well. And when you haven't been raised in a place where you can integrate some of those things, they become shadow values. They become values that are normal to have. We all have them that we repress. And when we repress them, it's because we don't know how to integrate them. And if we never learn how to integrate them, what happens? Well, we become blocked adults. And again, like I said earlier, blocks, we're going to talk about blocks from money today too. So quick couple examples to understand shadow values. So if you grew up with an alcoholic parent, a single parent, I don't know, two crazy career type parents and you just never knew when they were going to pick you up from school or if dinner was going to be, you know, (laughs) what dinner was going to be or if you were fending for yourself, um, you may have a control shadow value, which means that control was not something you could exercise as a kid. You couldn't control your schedule. For me, like I couldn't control if my mom was going to pick me up on time. I couldn't control who was going to drive me to and from practice. Control became one of my shadow values. For some people, it's attention. Um, Really interesting story. And I think I've already shared this once on here, but in case there's new listeners and um, then here you go. Um, But one of my clients had an interesting position um, of with this attention shadow value because she grew up in a city where you were constantly seen by other people in public because there's a really densely populated area, but yet she wasn't seen in other aspects of her life. But she wanted to be seen because she wasn't seen by her parents, but she didn't want to be seen in public because she didn't like public attention. It's a very interesting challenge because she basically, what this all goes to say is that she doesn't know how to integrate attention. So for me, and here's where we segue into money, (coughs) excuse me, 
is that um, I didn't rank money completely. I ranked it like as top four of my shadow values. But the more I think about it, I'm like, maybe, maybe it is a top three for me. So we're going to talk about how um, we have a shadow. We have shadow with money and how to work through it. But just to quickly review, the parts of yourself that you decided between ages zero and six were not safe to display, like the red hair example, uh, or the parts of yourself that you got made fun of um, by other kids, were parts of yourself that you rejected, or things your family didn't believe in. So if your family is homophobic and you had a suspicion you were gay at age five, you might have suppressed that. That would be suppressing sexuality. So shadow values can oftentimes, or sorry, you will have a shadow and oftentimes shadow values, things that in order to help yourself with your own shadow and inner critic voice, if you understand your shadow values, you'll help get out of it. And then underneath all of that are all the stories that our brain has stored in our memory to help prove that this is true, which it's not. It's just experiences we had that made us decide certain things um, as truth, but they're not. So today is where we break those stories. So we've covered shadow. Now, money shadow specifically. I'm going to start with stories because this will be the biggest part of the episode. We're about 23 minutes in and here we go. So if you've done wealth consciousness one or two, it talks about remembering your first memories of money and remembering any stories that you were taught about money and understanding how what happened to you, for you really, growing up, what your parents said about money and your parents' beliefs about money potentially created your money mindset. And then we talked about what is the story you currently have, how does that parallel your past, etc. So today I want to bring up this idea that what if there were more stories? So here's my example. Here's the story I'll tell you. When I grew up with a single mom and a dad who was always traveling for work in the Air Force, who paid child support, but he paid like the, um, he actually was encouraged by his dad to pay like the more minimum amount that the state requires. Um, My mom having three kids in tons of sports and being new into her career because she had been a stay-at-home mom for 10 years, had a hard time paying for three kids. I mean, it's hard. (laughs) Kids are expensive. So she... And I would sometimes like cut coupons to take to the store or I've told the story many times, but I was on delayed payments for cheerleading and I started working really young, babysitting and then working at a cafe and all these things. And although that was embarrassing because it was like I didn't like having to ask the teacher or keep telling the teacher, hey, we're going to pay you another day. Can I pay you next week? You know, all that stuff or Having my gymnastics teacher like, hey, please remind your mom to come in next time because she owes for last month and this month's due soon. You know, that's that's embarrassing. Um, It was embarrassing. But the older I got and the more people that I knew who had similar backgrounds and the more stories that were glamorized of the underdog or overcoming poverty and all of that made me start to be proud of that and to be like, oh, well... I came from this single mom and I, um, you know, we struggled in this way. It's like I became proud of that. And although for a lot of my life it was shadowy, right? Not stuff I talked about to everybody. 
I probably would have never dreamt of podcasting this out to the world. The other part of my shadow was the fact that my grandfather was really wealthy and that I traveled on a private plane to and from wherever for holidays, whether that's Florida, Colorado, or um, I feel like one time we went to Michigan. But anyway, I was so embarrassed later on in life because... um, well, it started because in my hometown, everyone knew my, who my grandpa was in his business and would ask me about that. And, oh, you must, you're probably going to get a fancy car, which I didn't. I got a 92 Honda Civic in 2007. Um, it was so uncomfortable because people equated them with so much wealth. And then they made assumptions about me. And meanwhile, I'm like, if I don't get a couple scholarships based on the percentage my mom has to pay for college with what my dad has to pay because they have a deal, I might not be able to pay. I mean, there's just a lot of stress, right? And I was embarrassed about money. I was embarrassed about not having it and I was embarrassed about having it. And now you know my shadow, <laughs> embarrassment. So I want you to pause for a second and think about if you had a shadow about money what would it be? It's probably going to be hard now not to say embarrassment because I've said that so many times. It's going to be fresh in your mind. But let me think. It could be that you your money shadow is that you can't control it. You know, the story of like every time I have it, I lose it. And every time my dad made it, he spent it. And it, you know, his dad did the same thing. And there's cycles and, and families. But I want you to think about what your shadow voice says about money. Because mine clearly said, that's embarrassing that you're on delayed payments. But That's embarrassing that you're flying on a private plane somewhere. Okay, so you're looking at what is your shadow voice saying to you when it comes to money? And how is it trying to protect you? Well, what mine was doing to protect me was staying quiet about it. (laughs) Which is probably why I love talking about it now, because I didn't want to talk about money for so many years. Um, Because why? Because money is a shadow value, and it was in my a shadow value in my family, my parent, my dad's side. I, the more and more I think about them, the more and more I'm like, they're loving, awesome, amazing people, but they are they <clears throat> they still think money's taboo. It's like, <clears throat> excuse me, I keep coughing. Money is one of the things, as we know from earlier episodes in 2020, it is something we are in relationship right now. something we're in relationship with right now that until our money system shifts, which it might, we will be in relationship just like food, just like nature, and just like our body. Because we, we have to live in our bodies unless something weird happens where you can change bodies. (laughs) We have to eat every day to be a human, which is why I've been talking so much about food and body, because that's really where your own awakenings begins. We are in relationship with nature because earth is nature and we live here and we're in relationship with money. So going back to my family, my family was very um, much in the mindset of be humble, don't talk about money, don't share, don't flaunt it, you know, blah, 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 blah. But it's like if you block the thing that you also love, energetically it doesn't make sense. It's like Think of it as a relationship between two people. If it's one of the relationships where in public, they act like they don't like each other, maybe the forbidden work relationship, but in private, they're like, you know, hot and heavy. 
that relationship never works because they aren't facing the reality of their relationship in, in, in public, right? So again, this is not about being in your ego or flaunting it, but it's about acknowledging your reality. And they also are older generations. Obviously, they didn't grow up at a time where you're sharing things on social media, but let's pretend they did. They wouldn't share a thing. They might actually post things maybe to make it look the opposite. And so now I'm, I'm going to share my money shadow that I acknowledged very recently is um, if you follow me on Instagram, you know that I share lots of things. Some days I don't share, but a lot of times it's like, look at this bird outside my window or look at the view of my backyard. I mean, we've been home, so there's not a lot to share. But if I travel, it's like a video of the woods so if I'm hiking or it's a restaurant I love or it's my fiance doing something silly like I, I share them. I'm probably one of the more random people that of, of sharing. Sometimes I share quotes, whatever. So if I were to go on a vacation, which I've done many a times, and post, oh, look at this really fancy room, or look at this really quaint room, or look at this ocean view, or whatever, just like a lot of us do, because it's an exciting thing to share. We're happy to be traveling or experiencing a nice dinner. I realized that in my family, it's like if you're on the plane, you don't post about it. You don't share that we're doing this. And so I decided to face that shadow because part of my reality last week was flying on a private plane. And I was like, okay, that's part of my reality. I'm not going to deny my reality to be something else. Now, if you don't know me, if you are new to wealth consciousness and you think that I sound very much in my ego, I promise you this is a very important message because what what I'm trying to get at is that I confronted my shadow of money with my mom because that story is championed in our society, right? It's like, you overcame this, you overcame that. You and and uh, this is great. I'm not mad about it. It's a it, it is remarkable and exciting, and I'm so incredibly proud of my mom, and I love her to death. And I still don't know how the heck she raised all three of us and and made all the things she made happen, except that she was really stressed out and um, exhausted. Um, but at the same time, I'm also aware of the energetics behind rejecting what you do have. Because what do we know about the law of energetics? Gratitude. When you're grateful for what you have, more comes. So I was like, you know what? I'm driving up to this plane. I'm going to take a picture of it because it looks really pretty and it has my grandfather's initials on it. So I'm going to post this. And the only person who wrote to me or commented or said anything in direct messages was my brother. And he sent me the facepalm emoji. And I was like huh, that's interesting. Maybe he's dealing with the same thing I am. So I asked him, I said, hey, does that embarrass you? And he said, well, I don't know, maybe. And I was like, why? Why does that embarrass you? And he was like, well, grandma and, and dad, they always say, don't talk about it. Don't share that. And I was like, I know. How crazy is that? That's part of our reality. You know, why is that something we need to hide? That's the, that's the like shadow one-on-one. -on -one. Hide this thing because it's embarrassing. <laughs> it's not embarrassing, you know? And so 
I it's neutral. It's just part of my day. But if I have a big, not stink, but like a big thing in my head about how I have to hide this part of my life, I'm blocking energy. So, dear listener, take a second and think about if there's any other stories about money that you have blocked. So one that's coming up for me, I, I shouldn't do this, but it's hard not to share, um, is the person who manifested money early in their life and one of their friends or family members was like, oh, that was just a fluke. Oh, just a fluke. You know, sometimes great things happen, but, you know, don't get used to that. Don't get used to that. That might not keep happening. That's also a story. That's also you denying a big, beautiful, abundant thing that happened for you. So I want you to revisit after this episode, the other wealth consciousness and go through and redo some of those exercises about your mom's perspective, your dad's perspective, because it's really easy to over-identify with the story that's easier to tell, which is my point (laughs) about my money shadow. My mom's story was easier to relate to. It was easier to share. I felt less judgment around that than saying, oh, you know, my story is that I had a very wealthy grandfather and got to go on fancy trips and fly in his plane and all the stuff. And that denial of that was denying part of my lineage and my family roots. And so when we deny, as we know, part of ourself, we block ourselves from our truest essence and energy. So let's use the redhead example again. If I block this part of my of who I am, someone with red hair, someone who um, really yearns to sing, if I block that because I don't think it's good enough or it's not accepted by pushing it down, repressing it, that's your shadow, two things happen. One, you're blocked in some area of your life and that can come up in different different chakras depending on the person and the story and the feelings around it um and two it's i'm losing my thought here hold on it blocks it and a lot of times what we repress we want to express even more so it makes us more hungry for the thing we've um acknowledged because and when we don't know how to integrate it like which is why i talked about shadow values it gets really tricky, like we get lost. So here's the example. I'm going to go back to um, control, okay? So let's say that my shadow value was control, which it is, but I'm going to apply it to money. It's not necessarily, uh, we could probably link them, but for me it's not really been about money and control haven't been total. They are, but I'm not going to do the longest winded version of this. I'm going to give you the short winded. So when we have a shadow value of let's control, like I said before, it could come from just not having any ability to exercise control as a child, right? So mom couldn't pick me up on time. I couldn't control that. Mom forgot to pick me up. I couldn't control that. All those things. So for me, when I got to high school and I was embarrassed about being the chubbier little girl uh, on the cheerleading team, I decided that I wanted to control my eating, my body, my waistline. And because I didn't understand how to do it in a healthy way, control things, 
And because I had repressed this desire to control the fact that I just wanted my mom to come get me on time, or I just wanted to know like what we were doing for the holidays or see both my parents at the same time, I couldn't control that. I couldn't control that they got divorced, all that stuff. When we repress this thing that's a natural human desire, like control, sex, belonging, attention, money, validation, superiority, when we do find a way to walk the dog, we don't always do it in the healthiest way. So therefore, I became like anorexic and bulimic with food because I was like, yes, I can control this. I'm going to, you know, give me an inch, I'll take a mile, right? Same thing with attention. Somebody who didn't get attention and repressed, like, I guess I don't really need attention or I guess I can go without a hug from my mom or I guess I can deal with my parents ignoring me. You repress the, the desire until you can't. And then it comes out in this extreme way of craving attention. And that's the person who has an unhealthy relationship with social media because they want attention. They're craving attention. And obviously we could come up with a million more examples. But when it comes to money, because this is about money, and I'm going to link control and money here. When we feel like we've seen our parents have unhealthy relationships with money, it can translate into, well, then I'm just not going to deal with money. I'm just not even going to look at it. I just don't even know how or where to start. So we repress money until we develop either A, unhealthy habits with money, spending ourselves or forgetting to pay bills on time, stuff like that. Or B, we, we become super controlling with money, either in our relationships, in our friendships, demanding, you know, oh, you have to pay me back for this or you owe me 26 more cents from that Uber ride and, and being really kind of intense about that. Um, or potentially a C where you are so obsessed about controlling money in your life that you kind of maybe overdo it in the career silo of your life and um, maybe, you know that's the quote-unquote workaholic type of person. So you can understand how our money shadow is the thing, and we're 39 minutes in, I'm just getting to my point, sorry. Um, our money shadow is the thing that we don't we don't really like about ourselves with our relationship with money, but we can very easily forget. Like it, I forgot that I was embarrassed as embarrassed about money until I thought about posting something, and then I had one of those moments in my head, like, should I? Should I not? Oh my God, what are people gonna think if I do? And then I was like, who cares? This is my freaking reality. And if I was on a really nice beach in Tulum right now, I'd probably post a picture because that would be my reality, right? So I'm not, the point of this episode, I hope you're not taking this away, is not to say that everyone needs to flaunt their, their life and post a million things. It's like, no, but in your integrity with who you are being, if who you're being is someone who posts a couple times throughout the day, but you hide a certain part and when you hide it, you feel bad, that's a sign that it's part of your shadow. I'm hiding this intentionally. I'm hiding that I have hair extensions, which I'm not, I joke because you all know that. Um, it's the thing we don't want to share about ourselves. And as and, and if you're like, well, Garrett, it's not normal to want to share everything about yourself. Here's where I tell you that it's not about getting on a stage and like I'm doing <laughs> and getting naked in front of everyone and sharing all your deep, dark secrets. I'm doing this to help you. I'm sharing this to help you because I've made peace with my stories. But my point is you got to make peace with it yourself. Otherwise, you're going to block yourself from money because we know that when we have a shadow that is very strong, 
it creates a block in our system. It could be a solar plexus block emotionally. It could be a heart chakra block. It could be a root chakra block, which a lot of times root chakra is connected to money. And if you're one of my clients, you're going to laugh because we've probably talked about that. Um, Because root chakra is our safety, our security. And what gives us safety and security? Money. So and we can look at things and we do this in my coaching with one-on-one clients. We can look at your human design and we can even see how that root chakra, whatever it's showing there, pertains to your money relationship. But here's the deal. The more you can access the stories you have, not just the ones that are easy to tell, not the ones that you're writing blogs about right now or Instagram captions about if you're a coach or not the ones you're talking to your husband or wife about because you're doing some of these podcasts and getting clear on it. It's the one that you're like still really shy to say, whether that's like a time that you stole or you made someone pay the bill because you couldn't. Um, Sometimes they're from later in life, not necessarily early in life. I am just, I have this feeling that someone out there that's doing this work is not acknowledging part, another part of their story because I didn't and everything's a mirror. So I'm like, crap, if I forgot part of my story and something that I needed to make peace with, so did you. (laughs) Sort of how it works sometimes. So As we acknowledge it, we unblock ourselves because we're accepting who we really are and where we really come from. And that accepting is how we unblock. Now, this is the kind of wrapping up part. I'm going to probably try to do this in 10 minutes. And I'm not meaning to rush this. I just, I'm trying to get better at getting to the point. Um, Sovereignty. Sovereignty, we talked about it with body and food. We talked about it with career. And now, you know, I'm going to bring it up with money. So sovereignty with money is just a way to say like you're in integrity and in trust with money. So if you right now are listening in real time, you know, in the call it January month of 2021, it doesn't matter by the way when you hear it, but I'm just saying if you are and you're really setting some intentions about money for this year, what you need to really be in is sovereignty, integrity, trust with yourself about what you are calling in versus how it's going to work and how it's not going to work. Because when we accept that we are completely and totally supported and abundant, which is wealth consciousness, and I'll give you, you know, I want you to go listen to the other episodes because it will make more sense, but I'll I'll give you an overview now. Um, Wealth consciousness is understanding that we are always completely supported and abundant, okay? It's not poverty consciousness. I'm going to read you something about poverty consciousness in just a minute. With trust and sovereignty, it is knowing that you are, I'm saying this again, totally supported and abundant at all times. So you're like, but Garrett, my bank account only says $30 right now, or I'm in serious debt. We're going to do the reality check. Close your eyes right now unless you're driving a car, (laughs) close your eyes or imagine closing your eyes. If you're driving, take a couple big deep breaths. And when you open your eyes, imagine that you just dropped in out of the sky into the room or the park or the car or the kitchen where you are because your reality, there's probably stuff in there. You probably have access to water right now if you need it. You probably have access to phone a friend or smile at a stranger right now, right? It is all around you. And this idea that 
you're only abundant to the extent of what your bank account says is just not true. Your bank account will begin to reflect your wealth consciousness to the extent that you accept that you are completely and entirely supported at all times and abundant. You, the accessing of it, it starts with acknowledging it. How do we acknowledge it? Trusting that it's there. So really good example is let's say that, and this is sort of a personal example, but I'm going to pretend it's not. Um, let's say that you're launching a group and you're starting to worry and not be in trust that the group's going to work. There is a very, and let's say you've worked your butt off on creating the group and created videos and newsletters and written to 300 different people to spread the word and ask for support and share the stuff on Instagram, whatever. And you're really worried about it and you're not in trust with it. You're going to block it from happening. And one of the, th- the, the things is if energy cannot be created or destroyed, then, and by the way, the worry you have is coming from your shadow and your stories. So we could attribute if I'm worrying about this not working, it's because of all the times things didn't work when I was younger and I'm, cre- you know, using my old mental processor <laughs> here instead of my new one um, to l- be my future self. But um, anyway, it's another story for another time. Here's the thing. If energy cannot be created or destroyed and I have worked my butt off and I believe that this program is aligned, it's aligned and it will work. I just don't know when and I just don't get to know how. Something about that is going to be great. But on the energetic exchange level, just because 12 people didn't sign up on day one and, and money didn't come through this direct portal of my business pay account account doesn't mean that that energy isn't going to come back to me through my fiance's work. Like he got a bonus that was better than he expected. And my coach was reminding me like, hey, well, the consciousness, hello. Like that is not a coincidence, right? Sometimes it's through getting a gift from your family. Sometimes it's through a friend doing something really nice for you. The energetics are always equal and returned. Karma is real, but it's not always going to be like this perfect exchange. And now we're going to get real personal here as far as, um, well, it go, it could go into shadow more, but I'm going to try to stay away from that in this example, um, cause that would be very long winded. But let's say that you bought four specific people birthday presents and you were like, okay, it's your 30th or it's your 40th. It's your 50th. I really want to celebrate you. And <clears throat> it's a pandemic. So normally I'd be traveling to see you or taking a trip for you or taking you out to dinner and I'm not. So I'm just going to send you a really nice gift. And then your birthday rolls around And those precise four people don't get you gifts. Now, you could look at that and be like, oh, that's kind of a bummer. Not that you got them gifts just for the hope of one back. I mean, maybe you did, but you probably didn't. But understanding that you're, it's not always just going to be this one channel of energy. And that's why this idea of wealth consciousness that we've talked about through all of 2020 is so big because wealth is all around you right? Some of the books on my shelf that I'm looking at right now as I record, I'm like, oh, that was given to me by that person. It's showing up in my space as energy that, that, that someone just, I received. But how many times have I done something nice for somebody? So that was the exchange. It's like, um, what's the, I don't know if it's the white elephant idea or the, um, 
all the different types of like Christmas gift exchange programs where you may get something for someone, you know, a secret Santa that you thought was an awesome gift and you're just so excited about it and you put all this energy into like this really silly, perfect idea for this friend of yours. And then another friend did the exact same thing for you. Sometimes it is that almost equal, um, but yet it's still not because it didn't come back from the person you gifted to. It came from someone else, but the energy was an equal, right? So you really want to start to be um, attuned to those, um, what is coming in, what is not, what is around you, and knowing that even if it's not right now, it will. But if for some reason you feel blocked, you could be blocked by part of your money shadow. You're not completely willing to accept. So a while ago, I met with a potential executive who was really fixated on the truth. And we're moving into an age where it's not going to feel like it right away. At least all the astrologers I follow are saying it's not going to feel like it right away because it's going to take a while. But we are now officially in an age of the five-dimensional, the less polarity energy where it's not like right or wrong, black or white. It's just what do you know? What do you what what is what is true for you, right? And this potential executive client who ended up not signing with me was telling me some stories about how they were always concerned with like other people's true wealth like are they really that wealthy or are they not are they really like how'd they get their money how'd they blah 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 and we can even look at that example and be like well why are they being so fixated on other people what is being triggered in them and that would have been the work that we would have done together is looking inside so instead of fixating on other people and what their money situation appears to be remember only you know the truth only you know what, how you really feel about money. And if we can look at how you feel about it based on the different stories, remember, my feeling was embarrassment. What is embarrassment? It's shame. Shame is the literal lowest vibration on the map of con- levels of consciousness um, by David Hawkins. You know, that level of a low vibe makes you unmagnetic. So if you're carrying around shame and then projecting it onto other people, you are going to get blocked and stay blocked from probably the thing you want the most because a lot of us want money. Again, it's not bad or wrong to desire more money. But the only way to access the money that we all have access to is to be able to understand that it may be a shadow value for us and to understand the stories about money we're carrying that are blocking us in the first place. Because if we're not unblocked, it's going to be very challenging to access that money. Does that make sense? So again, my, and this was tipped off to my teacher or tipped off to me by one of my teachers, Alexander Joy Smith, who was like, you realize you were born into this, right? And I was like, what do you mean? She's like, like your dad's side, like you come from them. Like you were born and, and things were decided for your future. Like when you were, you know, a newborn and that's just part of your reality. You can't change that. And the more you look away from it and say it's them versus me or me versus them. And I have to try to make as much money as them, or it's not my money. It's, it's not my money, right? Like I don't have my grandma's bank account. I don't have my dad's bank account, <laughs> anything like that. 
But my reality is completely intertwined with theirs because my reality was flying on a private jet last week with them. And that's my reality. And I can't say, well, this is yours. And it's not, I'm not saying it's my plan because it's not. But I can't look at it as this experience that's so separate from who I am. Not that your money is who you are or your relationship is who you are or your house is who you are, but your reality is a manifestation of your consciousness and the family collective or, you know, friend, soul family you're connected to. And that is wealth and abundance, right? If you are looking like it's me versus them, that is also the 3D. This is about unity consciousness and understanding we all have access to wealth and abundance and whether you are like, well, Garrett, I can't relate because I don't, I don't, I don't have that in my family. You, ha- we all have the ability to access wealth and abundance. I am working on my ability to access it through business and through networking and all of those things. I just so happen to have a part of my reality that's in my vacation time and holidays where I experience flying in a plane with my family that way. But I was denying it. So what parts of your wealth consciousness are you denying? That's the question. What are you keeping in the shadow? Are you keeping in the shadow that you have a partner that makes more money than you because you feel like it's them versus you and it's not just, that's showing up in your reality because of who you are and what you, what energy you give out to the world. So this is an example of a lot of times women who date really wealthy, mega wealthy men get a bad rap of like, oh, well, they're just in it for the money or whatever. It's like, first of all, that is you judging and that is your shadow coming out. But secondly, um, that person manifested that. It could be part of their soul contract. It could be just part of the energy they give out to the world. And it's the energy they're receiving back, whether that's through um, this, you know, let's say, let's do the age-old example, like a really wealthy man and a younger uh, woman who he marries and she lives a life of luxury that's coming to her based on what she's putting out to the world. And whether you realize it or not, that's not your, you can't judge her for that because it's just true. It's the law of energetics. Because remember, we don't have to do anything, do anything to access this. It's more of an energetic thing. It's not like I have to make this much money by having these many clients because the universe will surprise you. And if you're new to this episode, this podcast and you're like, oh God, that sounds crazy. What do you mean I don't have to do anything? I have to work hard. I have to make money. That's the old story. It really is. Um, I joke that I manifested this house I'm in that's bigger than any house I ever imagined living in that was a manifestation of my fiance, a gift from my grandma, a gift from his grandparents, wedding gift money, all the stuff that like all of a sudden this house manifested and I'm like, all of that was orchestrated around me and through me, but it wasn't like I had had 200 clients that paid X amount and then that money from my bank account was transferred to this account to pay for this house. Like it was much more fluid than that. And that's okay. You might have a very direct, straightforward example and that's not wrong by the way. But if you're looking only through the lens of this direct line of, one plus one, it has to equal two. And I have to have this much in my account before I can afford that. You're very much in the black and white and the logic and you're leaving money on the table. Wealth consciousness is about feeling like 
you had a million dollar conversation over lunch with somebody in networking lunch or that Zoom call was a high vibe call and that's that energy you gave to that person on that call is going to generate energy back and it could be through the vet saying, you know what, this one's on me. You don't have to pay for your dog's visit. <laughs> that's energy coming back. I kid you not, everything is energy. And today, I'm just to review, there's, okay, I have one more thing. I have to read you these questions because I told you that I would. And um, it's really important, really important questions. Um, to wrap this up, you ideally want to look at revisit your money stories. Revisit your mom's story, revisit your dad's money story, revisit the stories you were told when you were little, and then understand maybe what instances you went through in high school and college that could potentially be stories you haven't looked at or acknowledged. Part of acknowledging it does not mean you need to go get on a stage and feel like you stripped down naked and tell the world that like, I've been embarrassed about this whole thing and like now I'm not. And I mean, you can, you can do that on Instagram. You can make a post, you can make a YouTube video. But that's not what I'm saying. It's about acknowledging it in yourself. Like the conversation I had with my brother about how, and I never really finished that thought, but how I said, are you embarrassed of that? And he was like, well, I don't know, because, you know, dad and grandma always said, like, don't really show that side of our life. And I was like, well, look, like we talk very, we, we both are so apt to share about how we didn't have money with, you know, coming from mom. And that was embarrassing, but we were like proud of it. So I was like, why can't we be proud of something our grandfather worked so hard to create? You know, he came from nothing and he created this big thing. Like, that's part of our reality. And I was like, you share when you go to, he lives in Maui. And I was like, you, you share when you go to like a fancy restaurant or when you go to a nice apartment for the weekend with your girlfriend, like, why couldn't you share about that? He goes, well, I'm not, I don't want to flaunt it. And I said, well, who said I'm flaunting it? That's your perception. I'm not flaunting anything. I'm just sharing a piece of my reality today. And so it was a really deep and meaningful conversation. But anyway, my point is the conversation was the acknowledgement in him to be like, oh, I hadn't thought of it that way. I hadn't realized I was embarrassed of that. Why am I embarrassed of that? Because if we're embarrassed of the thing that we want, I know for a fact my brother wants to make more money. But if you're embarrassed of the money that is in your presence... Like, I used to be embarrassed that Jeff made more money than me. True story. I was embarrassed that Jeff made more money than me. Okay, well, how am I supposed to call in more money if I'm literally embarrassed of the money that is in my field? What? How does that work? It doesn't work. That's the point. So I want all of you to think about what are the older stories you haven't acknowledged within yourself that you still carry deep inside that you hide, that you won't acknowledge, that you'd be scared to tell someone on a first date, maybe something you've never told your partner. And I want you to think of that as a block within you. And if you really want to get, you know, metaphysical here or go go deeper, do a meditation on it and see when you think about the problem or when you think about the old money story or you think about the money shadow, where do you feel it in your body? Do you feel a tightness in your stomach? Do you feel a tightness in your throat? Do you feel tingly stuff in your heart? Like go and find that because that is truly how we process it. Because then you can breathe through it, breathe it out of your body and come back renewed in a place of looking at your journal or maybe going into another meditation and saying, okay, well, what do I want? How can I acknowledge this? And so on. So um, 
let's see. I wonder if I saved this post. I'm looking for it. Um, I am trying to find a post on Instagram that is about poverty consciousness. Isn't that interesting? Poverty consciousness. And um, I bet you I saved it. And it was basically, so I, I know I've talked about this a lot, but I I do wealth consciousness with my clients and we ask a lot of questions like how do you feel about rich people? What do you think about wealthy people? What does money mean for you? And so on. And those types of things will lead us to really get into our subconscious of like, okay, how do I really feel about money? So these questions that I have saved are really powerful because they talk about some questions. They just frame it a little bit differently um, than I had framed it. And I think that the framing this way makes it easier to um, get real with yourself and to see if you have any more uh, poverty consciousness left within you. Well, first, I'm going to read this from her. She said, so many people are carrying cultural and subconscious energy archetypes, especially the archetype of poverty. No matter how many positive affirmations you make, if you are carrying the vows of poverty, that energy will always take you away from your present day goal. So the way I interpreted that is my vow of poverty was like relating to the poverty consciousness of my mom like there wasn't enough to go around and we had to be on delayed payments and it's hard to make money and you have to work really hard and not sometimes have a high salary and all of these things those were all vows of, of poverty so this is liana shanti i'm trying to get her on the podcast so help me manifest it so i'm going to read you with a caption and then i'm going to read you the questions and then we'll close out okay so if you have taken a vow of poverty, it will carry over into every lifetime until it's cleared. It doesn't matter if you've made those oaths in a previous life or earlier in this one, or if you've just inherited them from a family or cultural belief system, they are debilitating. And this is where why it's important to dig deep into your money shadow, see where you're still blocked. Okay. She said, these old vows previously allowed monks and nuns to focus on serving their church or institution. But if that's not your path in this lifetime, meaning you're currently not in a monastery, today's world utilizes money as energy. So if you hold a subconscious belief that you should live paycheck to paycheck, then once you let go of these old vows, the energy will shift for you. So how do you know if you harbor these subconscious beliefs? Ask these questions. So now I'm going to read you the questions. Pause me in between each one literally and write them down and if you're like Garrett I wish we had worksheets please write to me because I used to create worksheets for a lot of the solo casts and I would be like hey like please write to me and I'll email them to you and like nobody ever wanted them so I stopped but I'm willing to do it so um, or share this post with you or something but anyway so I'm gonna read you the questions and I do want you to know that the ones I use in my money wealth consciousness mindset work in my practice are similar but there's just something about these that are I don't know. They're just a little different. So I hope that they're helpful for you. So she said, do you resent people who are wealthy? Yes or no? Why? Second, do you feel envious of people with money? Because deep down, you know, you will never be able to have as much of them. And by the way, she doesn't mean that like that's true for you, but you feel like a knowing that you'll just never have them. That's you're manifesting that, by the way. Um, do you worry about what would happen if you suddenly had to stop working due to an illness? Do you believe spiritual people 
should not be wealthy. Do you believe wealth can only come from a spouse? And by the way, you could put a grandparent, a parent. There. Number six, last two. When you see extremely successful people, does it bother you? Finally, number seven. Do you complain about paying people who are helping you, such as doctors, lawyers, teachers, therapists, or body workers? And then she said, and to finish out her caption, if you answered yes to any of the above questions, you are carrying the energy of poverty. When you are fully free of poverty consciousness, you do not resent people richer than you. You never envy wealth of any kind. You never worry about the future. So this, to me, just to pause, she has two more paragraphs, but to pause here is what that says to me in regards to my shadow was like, by not acknowledging the wealth that was around me in my reality because of my family, which by the way, it counts if like you have a really wealthy friend that's showing up as energy in your life that you're, you know, experiencing, right? That I was like, well, that's like rejecting the fact, that's like saying like, well, I shouldn't appreciate this or I shouldn't be proud of this or it's bad to be proud of this because it's like they have it and they're embarrassed of it. And then I was getting embarrassed of it. But like what, how can I access more if I'm embarrassed of what I have, right? Um, so then she said, uh, you also understand that if you're a light worker or a way shower, you are exactly the person who needs energy of money so you can do good in this world. And by the way, if you're a coach, if you're a teacher, if you are any form of, yeah, a therapist, coach, teacher, I can't tell you how many life coaches and people come to me and I'm like, you need to raise your prices and they're too scared. I'm like, why don't you have, why don't you believe that you deserve to make more? And then they won't invest in my coaching. And I'm like, well, of course, if you wouldn't pay for it, then why should someone pay you for it? It's kind of funny, right? So like I pay a ton for coaching, but I also charge a lot because I charge my worth because I believe that we all should be charging our worth. Um, okay. The reality is that in today's world, you can only pursue your greatest joys if you have the necessary energy resources, which today is money. And that's why I said in the beginning of this episode, and I've been saying this for over a year, you you will always be in a relationship with money until something changes and we're using, I don't know, something else's money, <laughs> which hasn't happened in a long time. It says travel, study, and hobbies all take money. Having a house takes money. Having kids takes money, right? So remember, one at a time, where a vow of of poverty let you focus on your purpose. Today, it will pull you away from your dream. So back in the past, it was like, well, I reject money because I'm a nun or I'm a monk. But that's not true anymore. You don't need to make that vow. I encourage, she said, I encourage you to examine your thoughts, aka in, in this episode, your old stories, and take inventory of where you might be holding on to old vows. So I hope that looking at those were were helpful for you because, and I'll tag her, um, her Instagram is at Leanna Shanti. Um, the post is not super far down in her feed. Uh, 
it's so interesting because like that says, and like she said, and like we've been talking about, you need money for all the things you want to do in your life that you are doing in your life. And it is a flowing river, right? It's not like a hoarding energy. You give it away, it comes back to you. I have so many stories of like times that I spent money and I got almost the exact amount back from a client or a tax refund or a birthday gift. Like it's just, it's, it's funny to me sometimes. Um, but if we can keep it in flow, we because we're in trust that it's coming back and we're in belief in our own sovereignty to make it and we're unblocked, your ability to manifest money this year will be insane. But if you're still carrying shame or aka embarrassment, guilt over money, like if you're the type of person who you have guilt over spending money on getting your hair cut, but yet you love getting your hair cut, then something's not balanced there, right? And you're going to block money from coming to you. Uh, so this, again, I'm just calling this ep- this episode Money Shadow. We covered what shadow values are today. We covered what your shadow is. We covered limiting beliefs. There's so much here. So if you feel like your head's spinning, I feel you. It's a lot, but um please feel free to write to me. I know I always put my email address in the show notes uh, because I can, I'm more than happy to be like, okay, either A, you can do a free clarity session with me or B, um, you know, head over to this podcast that will better clarify. Or, you know, if you really want me to do an episode just on values or whatever, you know, I can do that. So let me know if you need help or if you're struggling. Definitely look at what you're embarrassed of, what other stories are in your life that you haven't acknowledged, and maybe why you've been more readily able to accept other stories about money and how if you can acknowledge a couple more of these stories, you may be able to fully unblock yourself. And again, accepting the shadow is how you unblock and it doesn't mean the shadow goes away. Like Danielle Gertner said, it's like you're always going to share a co-working space with it. Like it's going to pipe up. It's going to want to chime in, but it's not wrong, good, or bad. It's just there because of the old conditioning. But the more you spend time imagining your future self, the things you want to manifest, the life you want to live, how you're being and who you want to be, you'll be more likely to create new neural networks in your mind than using the old stories to filter through uh, to create your reality. So I know lots of big stuff, but I think you're ready for it. (laughs) Hope this was helpful. I'm so just obsessed and I, I that sounds bad the word obsessed seems like addictive but I just I love I adore talking about this stuff because I feel like our money shadows and you know I'm right here alongside of you doing the work with you it's just it's fun so I'm here for you let me know if you need anything at all I hope that wherever you're listening whether this is in 2022 or 2021 um or beyond that this is landing. And if it's not that you write to me, uh, because I would love to be supporting you on your discovery of your money shadow and thus your ability to access all the wealth and abundance that is always around you. So I am going to wrap it up here. Thanks so much for being here today. If this resonated, please feel free to DM me on Instagram and be like, Hey, I love that one. I love getting messages from you guys. You can write a review on Apple or even better share it with a friend. All right. As always, guys, thanks for listening and dare to move. 
I am interrupting this incredible guest to share with you an opportunity that I would love to invite you to consider. And um, you may not be in this place, but as you know, part of what makes any of our guest interviews so fun is understanding about their entrepreneurial journey and really looking at what are the common threads of these high performers, what keeps an entrepreneur going, how do we fail forward? How do we put the pieces together to have a successful business? And in case you didn't know, I am an executive coach and my work in this sphere has been probably the most rewarding thing I've ever done and really the most interesting because I've worked with so many different types of executives across numerous industries. I can provide much insight into your new endeavor or your current endeavor so that you can have neutral third-party perspective to help you overcome your overwhelm as an executive, how to potentially re-engage your team to innovate, how to accelerate your performance and the performance of your team or within your company. And I am stoked about it. All you have to do is email me. My email is in the show notes and I will book you for a clarity consultation where I basically give you the experience of coaching before you make a decision so you can understand what it's like to work with an executive coach, especially if you haven't before. I also allow any potential client to interview a former client or a current client to get another perspective on me and my style. So if you are interested, just shoot me an email. I look forward to hearing you and really diving deep into a clarity session. All right, now back to the show.